the average person doesn't care about you and your constant internal debates about the color of the background of your six-second bumper ads. Get over this. The moment you realize that, you'll be a better marketeer. This holiday season, marketers are facing their biggest decisions at a point of maximum pressure. Delivery fatigue and budget crunch are real, and it's leading to complacency around creative effectiveness in digital marketing, and that could make or break campaigns. So what can you do about it? Well, you should read the automated creative white paper called Compounding Creative, an urgent Q4 wake-up call. So you can get this on this bit.ly link, which is bit.ly forward slash Q4 Xmas 2023. So that is B-I-T dot L-Y, that's lowercase, then forward slash capital Q number four, capital X, capital M, capital A, capital S, and then 2023. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Shiny New Object Podcast. My name is Tom Ollerton. I'm the founder of the creative effectiveness ad tech platform, Automated Creative. And it is my absolute pleasure and privilege to record this podcast. And this week is no different. I'm on a call with Sarin Patilinet, who is Senior Director of Marketing Effectiveness at Mars. Sarin, for anyone who doesn't know who you are and what you do, could you give us a bit of background? Certainly. Thank you, Tom, for, for the intro. I, it's, uh, it's an honor to be here. Um, and thank you for the invite. Um, who, who is Sorin? Um, I'm a Romanian. Uh, I was born in Bucharest uh, back in the 80s. Um, I studied engineering. I'm very proud of my engineering academic background. And uh, from day one of my career, I started working in uh, marketing uh, because I love advertising. So this uh, this has taken me to first to British American Tobacco, where I um, I led brands uh, from a brand marketing uh, position, and then um, following a career in marketing, I I decided that I needed to get a little bit more under the hood, uh, bringing my analytical thinking into the marketing space. Uh, so I took over. I would say a CMI or an insights role that's um, that's all about marketing effectiveness uh, at Mars, um, doing a global role across all our divisions, Mars Pet Care, Mars uh, Snacking and Mars Food. Currently based in Brussels in Belgium for the for the last 13 years, uh, happily married, two amazing kids, uh, and a very happy life, I would say. And they're both sick at the minute. So we we wish your kids to be very much recovered by the time this podcast goes out. I hope oh, I, they will get better. They will get better, yeah. So you, you said something that not very many people say on this podcast, which is, I love advertising which is fantastic. What do you love about advertising? Because that sounds like it goes beyond your day job. Is that right? I think I have my uh, the dream job. I think uh, I don't think I've ever imagined um, going to work, um, watching ads, uh, talking about ads, measuring the effectiveness of ads, and then guiding people how to make better ads. And uh, from a from a, um, a position of an engineer, that's that's a little bit strange. But I can unpack why I love advertising. Um, I was, as I said before, I, I was born in uh, communist Romania, uh, where um, for those of you that were not born in uh, under the let's say the Soviet umbrella, 
uh our tv schedules were about two hours per uh, per night we had only one tv station and uh the advertising that you could get uh in those in the 80s was absolutely ridiculous i mean um, the kind of products they were advertising uh, the limited assortment of everything that we had there were no western goods there was nothing really shiny there was no shiny object uh, there um so as you as i grew up my uh, my experience with advertising was water poor uh, now fast forward to 1989 when the revolution uh, arrived immediately after uh, there was an explosion of advertising in romania um advertising w became a window to the western world uh, global and western brands started to come in and we were uh, super thirsty to drink from that Kool-Aid and uh, we were so thirsty that uh, my favorite event at that time was um, um, an, a night in a cinema where you start watching ads. It's called The Night of Ad Eaters uh, from Jean-Pierre Boursicot, uh, a French guy that basically selected all amazing ads um, from all over the world. And you go into a cinema at 9 p.m. and you're there until the morning watching ads eating popcorn and basically enjoying this window to the western world just adverts all night just ads all You're night joking no movie <laughs> no and i think it's still going on i mean i a couple of years ago i i saw it uh, on my instagram feed that uh, they were doing it in brussels i tried it after i started working in advertising and it felt a little bit different i think um everything has a time and space for me it was at the right moment of time it made me fall in love with uh, with advertising um and i don't know how I'm, I, i'll actually search for it and i'll try to see whether i can send you a link i've never heard of that that sounds like amazing and awful and <laughs> <laughs> at the same it time wasn't, it wasn't awful it was no i could like now if i someone said you could tell me you're going to sit in the cinema and watch dfs ads from 9 p.m to 9 a.m I, I i don't think i could deal with that but at the time sure that, that is absolutely fascinating so moving on what has been the best investment of your own time your own energy or your own money in your career um, i don't need to think twice here um without a doubt launching my marketing blog engineering marketing where you uh, which you can uh, check at sorinp.com uh, was the best investment of my time energy and very little money that i did in the last uh, three years three to four years it helped me a lot it helped me it helped me get on this podcast first of all uh, it helped me crystallize how i think about marketing and the topics i i talk on a daily basis by by doing writing about those topics it helped me connect with fantastic people uh, outside of uh, my company in the industry but also it helped me meet people in mars that i would have not had the chance to to meet otherwise um, some call it an outside in strategy uh, being you are uh, you're present outside the company and then uh, there are some benefits in, some internal benefits to that strategy so so yeah, I think that's my biggest investment, um, and I'm certain that my my next professional challenge will will arrive because I started writing this blog. So we'll call so, you in a couple of years to let you know. I'm just flicking through it now. So tell me about the process because this fascinates me. Anyone that can write, I have a huge amount of respect for. But anyone who can find the time to write, I 
just I don't know how you do it. So I mean, like, how often do you publish? It's not obvious from this. Do you give you are you like right? I'm going to do a blog every week or every month. Like you've done a couple, three since April, I'd say something like that. Yeah, like like every blog that I sort of started following uh, in marketing, it started in the COVID uh, pandemic times. I mean, everybody was publishing, doing something different. I decided to write a blog and I set myself the goal to write a post per week. Um, I think I did it for the first 30 weeks, but then slowly slowly life uh, took over. Uh, My daughter was born uh, in the first day of the the lockdown. So that that, that that will do it. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I'm envious of me uh, two years ago when I was able to write on a weekly basis. Today, I struggle with with actually coming up with the the right topics. There's a lot of... uh, uh temptation to go to chat gpt and uh and then um come up with a list of topics to write about uh but i'm trying to not not really go that way because i think why not why is why is that i uh, i'm not doing this for uh for clicks for likes for um for any kind of uh let's say uh monetization i'm just doing this as a window to myself and to how i think and I don't think that ChatGPT knows me, Sorin Patinet, as well. To well, know it, well, you can train it now. It's got that new feature where you, you can give it like 5,000 words about yourself. I've, I found it quite good, actually. You can you go, like, I on the leadership team of a business called Automated Creative, we do this, creative effectiveness. And and so then when it gives you the answers, you don't need to keep on telling it, which I quite like. But anyway, it's not it's far from perfect. Anyway, so we're, we're, we're de- derailing ourselves here. So that is great work, and I'm looking forward to digging into the blog because some of the titles are, like, right, right on my street. So we talked about an investment of your time, energy, and, and some money, but from a marketing advice perspective, from a marketing tip, what is that golden nugget of advice that you find yourself sharing most often? So when it comes to marketing, this is something I uh, I always tell my, my colleagues uh, in marketing and also outside marketing. Um, the average person doesn't care about you and your constant internal debates about the color of the background of your six second bumper ads. So get over this. I think the moment you realize that you'll be a better marketeer, the moment you realize that uh, people out there aren't thinking about you or your brand, uh, you'll be in a better spot. So that seems obvious and evident to me. Why do people struggle with that? I I don't know. I, I sometimes feel we've, we we take our jobs too seriously i mean we we we're not here really to save the world i mean we are here to make people smile laugh uh, feel better at the end uh, at the end of watching a piece of content than they felt at the beginning uh and we should treat uh, we should treat that process with humbleness uh, we we've created this kind of bubble in which we live i mean uh, we 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 go to Cannes, and if you ask my friends, they have no clue what Cannes is, uh, and we think that Cannes is the best thing uh, since bread came sliced. Uh, we we read Adage and the Drum as if people would read those magazines. They don't, uh, and and then LinkedIn helps us create that bubble even further. Um, sometimes it's uh, it's nice; it could help you in your career and so on, but it's not really. 
it creates a different perspective than uh, the real world perspective, I would say. So I would say be humble. So we're at the halfway stage and we're going to talk now about your shiny new object, which is neuromarketing. So I have a beginner's understanding of what neuromarketing is. Can you help explain to the audience what neuromarketing actually is and why it is your shiny new object? Certainly, Tom. But uh, first, a disclaimer. I mean, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not trained in the study of the brain. And uh, while I have been exposed to techniques, amazing people, professors, uh, about the topic, I don't consider myself uh, an expert in the field because it's a field that's uh, so, so broad. So neuromarketing is uh, basically applied neurosciences to to the decisions that you have to make in the marketing process. And neurosciences is uh, is simply the study of the brain, um, how different areas of the brain um get triggered um, and how different areas of the brain represent different kind of emotions states of the brain and and so on um neurosciences uh is not there to basically support neuromarketing neuroscience is uh, is there as a medical kind of field of study but the applications to neuromarketing have um, have fascinated me uh, ever since I uh, I've been exposed to them in uh, in a Nielsen lab. Uh, I still remember that moment eight years ago um, when we did our first ad test, uh, which looked different than asking people whether they like our ad. Uh, it really um, looked at the at the way their brains were perceiving different changes in uh, in visual sound and um, and branding so that's kind of what got me hooked and i tried uh, ever since to understand more about uh, neuromarketing and to to make it more uh, to break, to engineer it and to make it more scalable to our our needs in the ad testing world This episode of the Shiny New Object podcast is brought to you in partnership with Manfest. Whether it's live in London or streamed online to the global marketing community, you can always expect a distinctive and daring blend of fast-paced content, startup innovation pitches, and unconventional entertainment from Madfest events. You'll find me causing trouble on stage, recording live versions of this podcast, and sharing a beer with the nicest most influential people in marketing. Check it out at www.madfestlondon.com. Tell me about that scalable piece. So I've always been a bit skeptical about whacking 12 people in an fMRI machine and showing them some ads and making decisions off the back of it like how do you make sure you've got a big enough sample set and get the scale that you need to be confident that it's telling you the right thing so i think you're right i think uh, in-lab neuromarketing studies have not really taken off because the model doesn't really work i mean you're right you need to bring 30 people because that was the sample size that we we thought is the right one uh but of course i mean getting a uh, hundred people or 300 people would have exploded your budget so we we settled on 30 uh into a lab uh, make them make them watch content without knowing that they watch ads and then uh, observe their um, their brain response um 
was not something easy to do. And uh, the industry had to be transformed uh, by something. And COVID was the thing that transformed that industry. All of a sudden, we've uh, we had no more access to the labs. We had uh, um, no way to basically continue our research. And uh, the thing that we've been asking to for our research partners to do, basically to look at mobile, to look at um, digital first, small screens on the go in at home became a necessity. So uh, when, when people, when, when academics talk about neuromarketing approaches to advertising, yes, they talk mostly about EEG, skin conductivity, uh, I don't know if you want to go to in depth into the techniques, but uh, I could I could gig out uh, gig about it. But um, it's EEG, skin conductivity, facial tracking, and uh, and various others. Um, with if you have to go only on mobile, if you have to get out of the lab, you you basically reliant on uh, either in house devices or your webcam, which which is a good window to part of the. Of the responsive you you can you can have to advertising. So what was the solution? It, I'm kind of guessing here that it's webcam based stuff, as as you say. Is it showing showing people? Because one thing you said that was so obvious but makes total sense is show people ads when they don't think they're watching ads. And, and I know there's some solutions out there where they create a uh, a false environment of what Instagram might be like, and they, here's a ton of just flick through this feed and ads get shown and then you track the response to those ads but that's a that's an unreal environment because obviously it's a it's a sample size of people just watching a fake version of the internet so is that the best solution or what have been the innovations recently i think that's a good enough solution uh, on the other flip of the coin bringing people into a lab and tell them to watch something that's really skewed i mean <laughs> or putting them in a fMRI machine it's really really introducing a lot of different biases um but what how we approach it at Mars is that we um, we've tested hundreds of ads in labs um, and uh, try to understand what correlates with sales uh, out of the numerous signals that you can get from the brain um and uh, i think we were lucky because we got a lot of trust in uh, in engaged attention in distraction and in positive emotions because they were quite good predictors from the for for sales impact or for for business outcome impact um and luckily enough those um those kpis can be measured through through facial you didn't really need the uh, a uh, an EEG or or s something more sophisticated to do that. Uh, you just needed to up the sample. You just needed to basically accept some lower, let's say, uh, um, parameters of quality uh, because there's a lot of noise when you move from a lab to a mobile uh, webcam. Uh, but uh, the solution that we came up with is, I would say, it's great for Mars and it's good enough for testing our, our content. So what do you test? Is it scamps or uh, fully made TVCs or, or different variants? What, what are you, obviously you can't give away the crown jewels here, but what are you able to test and then what do you do with that data specifically so we've been um, we've been building our own ad testing solution called ace um on the back of our uh, historic history with uh, with neurosciences or neuromarketing 
and ACE is measuring what I said in the before attention, distraction, and emotions. And um, over the last three years, my team has tested over 1,800 finished ads uh, or almost finished ads, uh, providing input second by second uh, recommendation on how to improve uh, responses uh, to better have a better chance of, uh, of success. It takes days, it's inex relatively inexpensive. And uh, I would say half of the time it was used as a um, as a uh, check the box exercise, which is not really my intent. And half of the time it was used to basically improve further a, a, create, a video creative asset uh, that goes on TV, goes on YouTube, goes on uh, various other digital platforms. What is the data that you give in order to improve? Are you like that copy line's terrible or there's not enough dogs in the first five seconds? Like what are the what are the levers that you can go back to the creative and say your creative didn't drive enough attention or the right kind of emotion because yeah. help me understand how you would feed back to a creative team yeah, I think who, the, probably, uh, who probably doesn't want to hear it? Yeah, the most common feedback that we get is uh, ads have a high confusion or high distraction because we're trying to cram too many objects in a scene or we're trying to tell too many storylines in six seconds or in 10 seconds. So, and we see that watching the second by second uh, attention and distraction curves, uh, people don't get it. They're basically lost. They're basically looking at uh, the ad through the facial data and they have no emotion, basically. They're blank faced. Um, and uh, our main recommendation is make it simple, uh, reduce, I don't know, show just the feeding scene rather than showing the feeding scene and the dog jumping around. So those kind of, uh, I would say, simple things would uh, would be our some of our recommendation, but it's, it's of course, it's different case by case. Uh, but uh, again, it's not rocket science. I, for me, advertising... Uh, doesn't have a template, but we often overcomplicated the things. And are you able to feedback on messaging or is it visual? Because if you're saying like just show the feeling scene and not the dog jumping, that strikes me as like people are responding to that visually. Whereas how do you isolate whether the voiceover was the thing that was confusing or not? That's a good point. I, I don't think we... At the end of the day, I think research is a uh, is a tool that helps the marketeer make decisions. There's nothing more than that. I, I think any research that tries to basically give you on the plate everything you need to do uh, is probably lying a little bit. So we don't. I don't want to discourage my colleagues to think and to make judgments. Um, so therefore, you will not have all all the answers and. Uh, Going back to to neurosciences, because I think that's uh, the topic you wanted to explore. Um, we it was fascinating for me ever since I uh, went into this field how little we know about neurosciences and how little we know about the brain. Um, I'm a, I've started a partnership with the Wharton Neuroscience Institute, uh, led by Professor Michael Platt. Um, to basically get at the edge of the research on uh, on neurosciences. And uh, we've put our, uh, we're basically now attempting to run brand equity um, to, to read uh, brain signals uh, related to brand equity study, studies. 
how do brands are how are brands perceived in uh, in the brain of people and um what 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 impressed me is that yes you get a good read you get different areas of the brain lighting up and so on but the interpretation of those signals is still not there yet we still uh, are not 100% sure that if some certain area of the brain lights up or is um, more used that precisely means exactly that thing so it's a uh, it's a working progress field i would say sorry unfortunately we are at the end of the podcast so if someone wants to reach out to you to discuss any of the things that we've covered today where would you like them to do that and what makes a great outreach message to you uh my first idea was they should reach uh, out on linkedin um and they should try to be genuine and not try to sell me a solution to a problem i don't have uh but if they probably mention something around neurosciences uh, something about uh advertising in communist times or uh, the night of ad eaters uh they will get my attention fantastic sorry thank you so much for your time thank you tom thank you for inviting me hi just before you go i'd really appreciate it if you could take the time to write a review of the shiny new object podcast on apple podcasts or itunes whatever it's called these days or whichever podcast provider you use we're an indie podcast so it would go a long way for us if you could just share the word and give us a bit of a support on those channels that would just be fantastic if you haven't got time that's also cool and yeah if you could tell your colleagues about the podcast and also if possible don't forget to subscribe and I'd love to hear your feedback uh, if you'd like to speak on the podcast or be a guest or you think I'm asking the wrong questions anything I'd be super interested to hear what you think so please email me at tom at automatedcreative.net that's t-o-m at uh, I'm not going to bother spelling it anyway you'll work it out thanks so much